Good morning. It's great to be with you this morning. Just want to ask Pastor Cliff if he'd just pray God's anointing on this time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let us pray. Jesus, we give you praise. We give you glory and we honor you, O God. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place, O God. We ask, O Lord Jesus, as your servant brings the word today, I pray for the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost to flow from the crown of his head to the feet of his soul, O Lord Jesus. I pray the words that he speak, O God, may come from your glorious throne, that you would have us to hear your word today, O God, prepare our hearts, O God. Lord, if there be any hard hearts, O God, I, begin, I pray you begin to work in it, O God, so when the word of God come, may it fall on good ground, and Lord, may it take root in our hearts, O God, and bear much fruit today, we ask in the name of Jesus. Yes. We give ourselves to you, and we surrender to your word, O God. There is nothing more important and nothing higher than your word, so we exalt you, and we lift your name on high, God, and we bless your holy name, and we thank you for your word, O God. I pray that you will help us to receive your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not a TV person. I don't watch TV more than that. Maybe try to watch the news occasionally. Miss it most of the time. <laughs> watch other things and bits and pieces. Um, uh, probably got my head in a computer more than anything else. But there was one programme back along in the winter that used to intrigue me, probably because of my working background. And it was the Dragon's Den programme. If I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a case where five guys, or five people, this is three guys and two ladies, um, who are multi-millionaires, um, and they've self-made millionaires, and they, they sit as a panel of people, and they have others that come to them with an idea, with an invention, with a so-called good project. And they want these five dragons then, <laughs> to, to invest their money in, into their project. And these guys are so astute, um, they, can, they can figure out in a matter of two, three minutes if, if the person that, who is projecting this, this program or, or this invention is, is worth it or not. Uh, and within two, three minutes they've got, they've got the whole thing sussed. And I, I just... I just marvel at that. I think that's absolutely brilliant uh, to, to uh, be able to suss things out that quickly. But that's probably why they are where they are. Well, one of the guys there is, is a fellow called Piers Linney and he's the co-CEO, Chief Executive Officer of um, a, a business which is called the Cloud Business. And he's, uh, if, if you don't know what cloud is, um, please bear with me if, if you're not into computers or anything like that please bear with me for a minute and, and travel with me a bit um, 
when all these years we go on holiday and um, we go to um, wherever we go to, uh, maybe it's Timbuktu or wherever you go, um, we're able to get into the internet. We go through a Wi-Fi system or we can directly go into internet or into an internet cafe and we always do that. We pick up our emails, which is daily, we get emails coming in, so we pick them up. Uh, and also we listen, while well, we're having our breakfast, to Radio Guernsey. That's sad, isn't it? <laughs> well, we listen to Radio Guernsey and switch over to maybe a Christian channel, UCB, so we've got Christian music. So we're, we're listening to things, so we've got all that access while we're travelling around whichever country we happen to be in. And um, if you were in business, um, it would have been difficult, up to just a few years ago, to, well you couldn't, um, access your, your business files. You can access your internet system, your emails, but not your business files. But now they've, they've designed this so-called imaginary cloud. And it, it's, um, could we put a cloud up please? Uh, and it's not, this is not the original cloud, this is just a, a figure of my imagination, okay? <laughs> and they have this cloud and um, you can put your business onto this cloud computing system so if you happen to be working in New York or Sydney or, or Delhi or wherever, so long as you've got internet access, you can still access your business files or even your private files for that matter of fact if you put it onto the system. And the um, dictionary definition is, my dictionary says, Cloud computing is the practice of storing regularly used computer data on multiple servers that can be accessed through the internet. There's so much more that cloud can do as well, but that's, that's just the basic thing. Cloud got me thinking. And I was thinking of clouds, and in, in meteorological terms, a cloud is a visible mass of liquid droplets or frozen crystals made of water of various chemicals suspended in the atmosphere above the surface of a planetary body. That's according to Wikipedia. <laughs> or in more simple language, some definitions say that it's a white or grey mass in the sky that is made of many very small drops of water. Or we talk about a cloud of smoke. Uh, or if you're in some countries, you could talk about a cloud of insects that, that, that will come. Not so long ago, uh, back along probably in, towards the winter time, I really felt the need to read through the book of Exodus. And the first 20 chapters are brilliant. The first 20 chapters is very story-ish. They, they, they talk about Moses, who was born, and how he got into the Pharaoh's palace, and how he lived there for 40 years, and then for a series of events, he went off into the wilderness, and he went there for 40 years and then God called him back and they uh, had 10 plagues and went through the Red Sea. They were miraculously supplied with water and with food. Something like, they reckon, estimate a million and a half people. And all sorts of things happened to them and God bless them. And we get to chapter 20, which is the chapter about the Ten Commandments. But I've got to admit, 
when I started looking at the next 20 chapters, 40 chapters in the book of Exodus, when I looked at the next 20 chapters, I found it hard going because it was all about measurements and how to build the tabernacle, how to build an altar, how to build a, a laver, how to build all sorts of things, the measurements, the materials to be used and I found that, found that hard going, uh, I, I must admit. As I said, it, it, it was difficult. But I want, when I, uh, then I got to the last chapter and I got to the chapter 14 and the last five verses. And actually, that last five verses explains exactly what the whole book of Exodus is about. If we want to read it, it says here, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night, in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. Actually, this book is about the glory, God's glory first 20 chapters is about his leading them and the second 20 chapters is about preparation, their preparation. I don't want my family to answer this question but on the 15th of May 1946 there was great excitement in this island. I don't know if anybody you know why. Yes, I was born. <laughs> and perhaps it was a relief for my mother, I don't know. I've never asked, I'm too late now. <laughs> but I, I, as those of you who would have known my father, I guess there was great excitement with him because my father was my father. <laughs> and uh, yes, I sort of <clears throat> blessed the world with my presence. <laughs> and they, my mother and father had a son. Approximately seven and a bit years later, there was great excitement again. Because as our want was in those days to go to church, we always had a Sunday night service and it was always a gospel service and there was always an appeal made for, for somebody to raise their hand at the service, at the end of the service, if you wanted to commit your life to the Lord. I was a little chap at seven years old and at the end of the service, I raised my hand. And I can remember uh, going up as we were at Vols, I remember going up the Tetch uh, Road, which is the road that leads up to Cattell School, and I was uh, quite upset. I was in the car, quite upset, and my mother said to me, oh, what's up? And I said, oh, I raised my hand at the service, and the pastor never saw me. She said, that's okay. She said, when we get home, you know, and because she led me to the Lord at home. So, 1946, great excitement. Seven years later, great excitement again. But not only in earth, but also in heaven. Because somebody had come to know the Lord. And you know, some of you might have come to know the Lord when you were children, some of you when you were teenagers, some of you a little bit older. But you've come to know the Lord. And then we come and we start travelling through our Christian lives. 
we get baptised, we take communion as we've just done today quite regularly and we follow the rules and regulations of, of what uh, God is saying in his book. But there's more than that, isn't there? Or else it would just be legalism. We followed God's commandments just like Moses had done in the preparation for this tabernacle. In fact, if you read that chapter 40, nearly every other verse says, as the Lord commanded Moses. And it does so in the previous chapters as well. And whatever they did in, in, in making these tabernacles and, and, and altars and all things they made, uh, it was as the Lord commanded Moses. I've come to realise that not just life itself, let alone the Christian life, it's not so much about following a set of rules and regulations, there's so much more. If there wasn't, we might as well be robots. I've realised that as Christians we need to rest under the cloud of God's anointing every day. Not just once and again, but constantly. We may know all the theory of Christian living, we may know the Bible back to front, but that's, not, that's to no avail if we don't dwell under the cloud of God's presence daily. I've come to realise that it's so essential, and this was their realisation in those days, and their experience all those years back. This is what Moses did. Every day he entered the temple. In fact, if you read chapter 33, it says, And whenever Moses went out of the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. So when the pillar of cloud came, they all worshipped as well. Brilliantly, every Monday, under Joan's leadership, some of us who don't have to work anymore, or don't work, or uh, maybe got a day off, we come and pray. And I'll tell you what we pray for. We pray for you. Because it's brilliant being here on a Sunday morning under God's anointing, under God's blessing. But we want you in your office, in your build, on your building site, in your school, wherever you work, in your shop, we want you to still to be under God's blessing and under God's anointing, under that cloud of God's blessing. We pray for you. We pray for the children as well, that in their schools, walking down their halls, in their classrooms, in their playgrounds, that what they heard today, well, not, not this week, because they're on holiday, but what they hear on a Sunday, that they will speak about Jesus to their mates. We, we pray for that, because it's not just here under the presence of God, but it's in our daily lives. When we go down the shops, when we socialise, it's, it's knowing God's anointing constantly on us. I've lost my place. <laughs> when you think about it, this whole thing about being under God's anointing is a biblical, biblical principle because when years after this they, they entered the promised land and several hundred years later 
and it came to Solomon and he built a temple. And the temple had already been shown how it had to be built. Exactly, there was all the preparation. God had shown them exactly which stones to use, what wood to use, where to get it from, and the measurements and everything. And, and what happened there? We read in 1 Kings 8, when the priest withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the temple. So right down through history, godly plans have been made by godly people, but not until the presence of God comes in anything of eternal worth, is, is eternal, anything of eternal worth accomplished. And we see the same principle working as, as we go right through the, the, the Bible. And you get into the New Testament and, it, and you get into Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And it says there, on one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. And they had to wait, they had to prepare. He told them to wait. There was that time of preparation. They had to follow the instructions. Following that, the emphasis through the book of the Acts is that there was an anointing for every occasion. And it's recorded there that they sought the Lord. They sought him here, they sought him there. In fact, if you read the message translation of Ephesians 5, it says, don't drink too much wine that cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God, huge draughts of it. In other words, the, the, the actual original text says, constantly be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I've got four reasons why we need that cloud. The first reason it's a sign of God's acceptance. Right up to uh, this, this chapter, right from the, the book of, when, uh, chapter 20, when, when the, the Ten Commandments were given, right up to this chapter and verse 33, everything had been put in place. And we read there in verse 33, then Moses set up the courtyard around the tabernacle and altar and put up the curtain at the entrance to the courtyard and Moses finished the work. I've got an artist's impression, of, this is an artist's impression, of what they think the tabernacle looked like. The, the first incense was burnt. If you read just a few verses before the, the passage I read, verse 26, the first incense was burnt. Moses placed the gold altar in the tent of meeting in front of the curtain and burnt fragrant incense on it as the Lord commanded him. And you read verse 29, the first sacrifice had been altered, offered. He set the altar of burnt offering near the entrance to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and offered on it burnt offerings and grain offerings Again, as the Lord commanded him. Everything Moses had been told to do, he did, just as God commanded him. Then and then only could the cloud of the presence of God descend and the glory of the Lord fill the tabernacle. The glory was so powerful, bright and dazzling, 
Even Moses on this occasion couldn't stand or enter into it. I had a thought here. When at creation, God first made this earth designed for man to dwell in and then finished it, he then made man and put him in it so that he could possess it. Now when man made this tabernacle designed for God's dwelling and finished it, he then came down and possessed it. So God made the earth for man to possess, God made the tabernacle, man made the tabernacle for God to possess. God accepted his house and entered it. Just like a young married couple got their house ready and I'm sure they were dying to get into it. And just as the tabernacle was made, God entered it with his presence. We see the same thing in Ezekiel. We go through the Bible, we see all sorts of things like this. God accepts. At the end of these days, from the eighth day on, the priests are to present your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings on the altar, then I will accept you, declares the Sovereign Lord. When we first come to Christ, we are accepted in the Beloved, as it says in Ephesians 1.6. No longer have we the penalty of our sin resting on us. Jesus accepts us. And when we come to him, and then he asks us to do things his way. He tells us that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You're not your own, you're bought at a price. When we've been filled with his Holy Spirit, it's a sign that we've come his way and God has accepted us. Secondly, another reason for the cloud is a sign of God's presence. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and the fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. Wherever they travelled through this vast desert, say you'd been sort of on a hill overlooking them, you would have seen something like a million and a half people and in front of them was what looked like a big box and various other things being carried and there was a cloud hovering over it or if they stopped and camped they were around the tent with this cloud over it even in bright sunny days you notice that the cloud covered the tabernacle of the clearest of days and I guess in a desert they had a lot of those (laughs) it was not a cloud which the sun scatters or burns off again if you view the spectacle from a surrounding hill at night time you would have seen fire over this tent. This cloud was a sign that God was with them and inside the tent was the presence of the glory of God. His presence was visible by day and by night. And no matter how far you happen to have your camp or tent away from the the tabernacle, you could still see the cloud of the presence of God hovering over it. Take a minute just to think of somebody else in the Bible, Isaiah. 
Chapter 6, in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. The seraphim were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. It was a cloud of smoke a sign of the glory of God's presence. Even in heaven, the temple is filled with the smoke of God's presence. Revelation 15, and the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. One of these days, we will be able to experience his glory. Isn't that great? One of these days, we'll be able to experience his glory. The city, it says in Revelation 21, does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light and the Lamb is its light. Now those of you who are in our Connect group will know that I'm prized for asking questions. But I don't want you to shout out the, the answers. I just want you to think, it's questions to think about. Three questions. Is the Lord among us today? Or is he not? Are we aware of his presence? Are we entering in and living in his presence every day? Thirdly, thirdly, it's a sign of God's protection. The cloud covered the tent which housed the presence of the glory of the Lord. The cloud was a protection from the burning heat by day. I noticed there that on uh, the temperature... Uh, in that area or through that desert is often in the upper 30s maybe a bit more sometimes in the day I noticed that that a large part of the year that's that's the case and also the fire was a protection to ward of wild animals by night do you realise that the fire of God dwelling us can act to ward off and even frighten Satan's attack read this Isaiah 4 then the Lord will create over all Mount Zion and over those who assemble there a cloud of smoke by day and a glow of flaming fire by night over everything. The glory will be a canopy. It will be a shelter and a shade from the heat of the day. I would say, and I was showing this to somebody this week, I would say all times we ought to jealously guard the presence and glory of the Lord in our lives. We ought to guard the anointing that he has given us. We're living in dark times and maybe you're going through a dark situation. If, if that's the case in your life, then you need the fire of God constantly resting over you because that fire, people will see that fire as a light that you have got something different fire shines out in the dark just as it did in the night over that tabernacle his glory in our lives is precious each one of us is unique and the anointing he's given us is unique and personal to us the glory of the Lord on this occasion must have displayed an enormous light because they couldn't even enter the tabernacle in Exodus 34 33, when Moses had come down from the mountain, his face shone and he had to put a veil over it. 
When Jesus was transfigured, Matthew 17, it says, His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. The disciples were then covered by a cloud and God spoke to them. It says in verse 5, While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Right through the Bible, we have this cloud which denotes the presence of God. And there are many verses in the Bible emphasising the fact also that God is our shield and our protection and our shelter. Psalm 25, for in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent. Psalm 105, he spread out a cloud as a covering and a fire to give light at night. As we dwell in his presence, he will give protection. Lastly, it's a sign of God's guidance. When the cloud stopped, they stopped. When the cloud moved, they moved. I just want to read you a passage of scripture from the book of Numbers. Uh, and it's sort of, it's a summary of, of this story that, that, that I'm relating to you today. It's Numbers 9, it starts at verse 15. On the day of the tabernacle, the tent of the covenant of the law was set up. The cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it and it, at night it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Whenever the cloud settled, the Israelites set up camp. And the Lord's, at the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they remained in the camp. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in the camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle for only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would set up camp and then at the Lord's command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only for an evening till morning and when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days, or a month, or a year, the Israelites would remain in the camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they set up camp. At the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. I notice here that the cloud and the tabernacle were inseparable. The cloud was always visible. As we said before, we are temples or tabernacles of the Holy Spirit. We see also the picture of God's guidance. I know it's a chapter that some people find difficult to understand, but if you read in Ezekiel 1, and at verse 19 it says, When the living creatures moved, the wheels behind, beside them moved. And when the living creatures rose from the ground, the wheels also rose. Wherever the Spirit would go, they would go, and the wheels would rise along with them, because the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Question is, how sensitive are we to the movement of the Holy Spirit? When Jesus tells us, go, do we go? When he says, stop, do we stop? How sensitive are we to the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives? 
We can read verses such as Isaiah 30:21, whether you turn to the right or you turn to the left. <coughs> Your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. John 16:13. but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. I can think of instances in the book of the Acts with Philip and again with Peter. Peter was still thinking about the vision in Acts chapter 10 verse 19 that Jesus had had given him. And the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. In this day and age, God still guides. He guides us. So long as we keep making a practice of dwelling in his presence under the cloud, seeking him daily, reading his word daily. Even after all these thousands of years, the principle is still the same. He will guide us as we serve him. In this book of Exodus, there's a lot about the children of Israel serving God and they took a long time to get the, the idea of, of how they had to serve God. They they disobeyed here and there but it wasn't until God brought them to the place that that they realised that without obeying him nothing worked just just wind this up now a cloud is, is, is quite significant in scripture as I said before it featured Jesus' transfiguration it also ascended back he also ascended back to heaven in the cloud and he will come again one of these days in the clouds. Luke 21:27. at that time they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and great glory. I notice all the reference to Jesus coming again in a cloud speak also of him coming in great glory. This cloud that we have met today in the Old Testament always seems to contain his glory. We sometimes refer to people as having their head in the clouds. Uh, Meaning that they're not always with it. (laughs) But we should be living in the cloud of his glory day by day. So it's a sign of God's acceptance. It's a sign of God's presence. It's a sign of God's protection. It's a sign of God's guidance. I don't know about you, but I just feel that what God put on my life today to say was what he has been saying to us as a church this year and particularly the last few weeks. I don't know about you but do you see a sign of a cloud the size of a man's hand on our church? I certainly do. And and people are telling me as we're, particularly as we sit on a Friday night, you know, God's going to move. Something's going to happen. And I certainly see the size, the cloud, the size of a man's hand on the horizon. Let us get ready for the abundance of rain. I too watched that stream yesterday afternoon and I saw Pastor John. So many, because it was a leaders' conference, so many leaders came around the front 
In fact, so much so that they had to go around the platform as well and Pastor John happened to be on the platform and he said to Pastor John, where are you from? And he said, I'm from Guernsey. And he said, what's the population, John said. And he, he started praying and he, he prayed revival on our church. And I thought it was tremendous. He didn't pray revival on anybody else he prayed for because I watched him <laughs> and I listened to him. But he, he prayed revival on our church. Let us pray that God will send an almighty abundance of rain on us as a fellowship, as a group of people. But there's a lot of lost souls out there that need saving. We don't want it for us, we want it for the souls to be saved. But we need to be refreshed and we need to know and walk in the power and the presence of God. Thank you for listening to this free download from the Lancey Eden Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceenan.co.uk.